When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's podcast is brought to you by Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hafley and Evan Rao to break down everything we saw at the last official day of dev camp. I guess they practice on Thursday before they fly out, but we're not really counting that. Uh, they played their what was supposed to be a three-on-three game that became a four-on-four game. Uh for the rookies, Burgundy versus White. And I feel like a, a, a lot of the things that stood out were things you expected, but there were there were a couple handful of other things that, that were maybe less expected as well. So we're gonna we're gonna get into this one, break it down. Burgundy officially won the game three to two in a shootout. Uh, thanks to I guess Trent Miner's goaltending in, in the shootout. Who only gave up one goal of the five. So, I mean, not even just the shootout. They had three penalty shots in the third That's period. True. And stopped That's all true. three. Yeah, Trent Miner looks pretty good as far as the goaltenders are concerned. I guess if we just want to start there, uh, and then didn't play very much. They only played him the the first of the two periods, and that was it. Um, the rest of it was Peyton Jones and Trent Miner. Thank you for the super chat, Jacob. Uh, yeah, it, I, you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios in, uh, in the immortal words of Randy Savage, nothing means nothing. Uh, this game having been played all the three days of dev camp drills kind of mean nothing. And by the end of this weekend, after three proper hockey games have been played, this scrimmage will mean nothing. So don't read too much into it, but. Still, it was nice to see these guys play not real hockey, but something akin to real hockey. Game situations. Yep. It was a lot nicer just to just to watch them actually have to make decisions at full speed and, you know, get into it. Yeah. Actually play the game and not, uh, not just having it be a very controlled environment. For sure. Evan, we haven't had you on the pod for for Dev Camp, so what what things stood out to you? And you can, you can go wherever you want. Um, no, yeah, it was nice to see some like Dev Camp. You guys have talked about it. I've been watching. You you can't really take this is all about teaching. This this entire three day thing is about teaching fundamentals, things like that. So tonight was a little bit more put them in game situations and game like situations, and it was it was just fun to see and. It was competitive. Not a lot of hitting. You could tell that, you know, they're not trying to kill each other out there. Um, and yeah, it, even the goalies, it's kind of hard to judge the goalies because when you watch it, like, 
there was long periods where nobody was really shooting the puck. It was a lot about yeah. position. It just reminded you of what the NHL overtimes have become. Well, which, and why they switched to three on three because at four v four, they figured out everybody understood like just kind of pack it in the middle and don't don't let anything happen in that part of the ice and you're yeah. good. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was a fun night. A lot of people seemed like a decent turnout as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was good. It was especially funny because nobody was there this morning. Yeah, it was. And then dead for the yeah. actual camp stuff. Folks showed out for the uh, for the game, so that was fun. Funny how that works sometimes, but uh, yeah, it, you know. So take everything; it's still not really one hundred percent speed, like it pretty much will be for for the tournament this weekend, but. Nonetheless, still a lot more interesting than drills. We'll put it that way. A lot more going on in, in front of you there. So, um, where do where do you want to start? Do you want to start right at the tippy top with New Hook, or do you want to start elsewhere? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, just, he hasn't belonged all week. He didn't yeah, belong in this right. game. He's just a cut ahead of everybody else. Yeah. For all the for all the excitement about Sampo Ranta all week long. It it really goes to show you the difference between like here's a prospect to be excited about and here's a prospect who is in every facet completely ready for the next step. Yep. It it's funny with New Hook, right? Because by day two of the dev camp it was like I'm not even gonna get excited about this with New Hook because he's just too good to be here. Like Yeah. We didn't we didn't tweet about him a whole lot, we didn't talk about him a whole lot. It was like expectations were pretty high, expectations met, moving on. So simple, simple work for new hook there. I think, you know, things are pretty clear. He's going to play in this tournament as a tune up. And then what will be, will be through training camp and wherever he ends up in the line. Fully expect him to play one game. Yeah. (laughs) And then have them. Yeah. And then they'll sit him. They'll probably play their first game and then just use the rest of the weekend to hang out. The only thing that's interesting is, well, I guess it's not that interesting because he is a center, but they are, we all, you know, we all expect him to play the wing this year, Yeah. yeah. but they seem very committed that obviously this is a long-term thing that he's going to be a center long-term yeah. and that he's, he's playing center in, you know, his he line mate Bowers is not. Tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, worth noting. Um, the other guy at the top, obviously, our, our title guy here. It was interesting to watch. They're kind of two different guys, the way they go about things. Newhook was you know, working at high rate of speed, 110%, it felt like, almost every shift tonight. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Byram was, like, straight chilling. <laughs> well, I mean, straight chilling, but he spent almost every time he had the he was on the ice he spent a significant portion oh, with the puck don't get me wrong byram dominated this game like when i say straight chilling it just he was freewheeling he was trying stuff he was like i'm better than every kid here and i'm just going to do whatever i want well and he was not shooting until the new hook centering feed where he was like all right well i kind of have to <laughs> 10 feet from the net between the hashes. I guess I have to shoot this one. (laughs) Yeah. So. It's, um, it's funny because, you know, I, we were talking about it at dev camp yesterday. It's like the drills for defensemen in these things are, it's, it's not set up for them to succeed. It's mostly like, Hey, you guys are at a disadvantage, fundamentals, things like that. And then it's like, he got into this game. He's like, all right, guys, you're all going to learn. Like, I, I'm. He had the puck most of the night. Like, yeah. and it seemed like he was out there all the time. Like, it was. It's just, yeah. It just, it, I guess, you just see how much better he is than everyone. And there's somebody that he toe dragged in the second period that it was just like, oh, that was, that was goodbye. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he tried. What do you do? He, he, the the beret move off his skate for the shot yeah. at the post and it's just like oh man this guy's ready like let's just move on just like new hook he'll play one game hopefully yep. and just be chill the rest, chill the rest of, of the weekend yeah exactly yep it's what I expect um, there isn't 
it's two NHL guys that are going to be that are going to play for the Avs this year yep. and potentially play like meaningful roles. Yep. And it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like these guys are superstars or whatever in the NHL. Cause they're clearly not there yet, but um, as far as like a, a good performance at a, in a setting like this, they didn't disappoint. Yep, they should look better than everyone else, and they lived up to it. They gave That's no reason it. <laughs> the breaks for sure. You're just ready to see them go into full yeah, camp, go into NHL stuff. And to, to be honest with you, um, I would say that there were probably four or five guys that just looked like this level of play. Yep, is <laughs> this? This sounds condescending, but it's beneath them. Um, they're just they're they're better players than this, and there isn't a whole lot left for them at that level. And then yeah. with Byron Manuhook, it's nothing. There's nothing left for them. I, it's in tears, right? Like there's probably three other guys there. I mean, you can get into where they fall exactly, but it's like, all right, so these guys are pro ready, mm-hmm. AHL, get pro experience. But with Byron Manuhook, it's like, just we're done here. You don't even need to put them in yeah. the eight, Well, the other guys that you really like that you think, okay, these guys look really good in this setting, they're all guys you could still pick. Their, you could look at their game and you could say, that needs work, that needs work, that needs work, that needs work. And all of those things they can work on reasonably in the AHL. Yep. Uh, between, I would say, between Bowers, Ranta, and Foodie, those are the guys, and Baron, and Baron. Um, those yep. are the guys where you can just say, okay. Really liked a lot of everything, a lot of what, a lot of what happened, but, um, but still, still some things that you could really use. And, and they, they need AHL because they need to be pushed, right? They can't just be yeah. in a league where they're going to dominate and not have to work on the, their weaknesses. So, yeah, I, I think it was confirmed after the game by Craig Billington. Um, I actually haven't watched that availability yet, but John Luke Foodie has no business being in the OHL anymore. Yep. Yeah, he and, said he's. He's one of the guys that gets an exemption this year, so yeah. he can play in the AHL. We've been uh, we've we've been pretty confident all summer that once they announced that exemption, that he was going to be in the AHL. But it sure good. looked like it was leaning that way. So yeah, no big surprise there. Um, it was nice knowing you. Sorry that you're, yeah, that's, you might uh, be in you're, you might be in real trouble. That's that's how you die <laughs> if you do that drinking game. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's just mean. This is cruel. Um, so, yep. so I w- I want to get to the guys that that we think are are a cut above here, but I do want to touch on a couple of other guys as well. Um, Oscar Olison did not have a good day. Um, it's kind of the. I think this week has been a good reminder of like why on draft night we were so lukewarm about it because uh, the size, the skating, the shot, all of that looked good throughout the week. Those, all of that was encouraging. It was, it was cool to see a lot of things to feel good about there. And then you get him even into the four on four and you see decision-making with the puck. Um, Anytime that he tried to do, Anything remotely creative didn't really work that well. Um, was not was does does not elevate for teammates, and his entire offensive profile is selfish. Yep, um, and that's that's not like like selfish is a word with such a negative connotation. But you look at like he he and Foodie are like exact opposite profiles. One guy has a great shot only looks to shoot. The other guy doesn't have a very good shot and only, and and is trying to create for those guys around him. And I mean, Olison was a dude right where coming into after he was drafted, it was like, well, if he comes over, he could play in the AHL or he could go to the OHL. Looking at this game, it's like, yeah, he should be in Barry. He should be playing in the OHL against juniors. That's where he's going to get the work that he needs. Yep. So. Oh, that guy's drinking. <laughs> yep he's pretty lit yeah it's gonna be a rough wednesday morning for him he but. he had some good moments or a decent moments in the offensive zone but um i w- yeah i would say there wasn't a whole lot of distribution 
from his yeah a, entirely a lack of consistency with the puck on the whole I would say and he, and he he got worked off the puck by a guy yeah, who's right. not five foot he, eight. Absolutely not. Andreas Wingerly stood him up in the neutral zone, and it's you look at his at those two guys' frames, and you're like, Alausa needs to just truck yeah. through that guy with ease, and he didn't. A dude that is six two, six three, and has his size should not be getting straight. Like it's one thing for Wingerly to work him along the wall and win a puck battle because there's going to be some a stick there and whatever. like there's yeah. there's you know Wingerly's five years older and he's been the you know playing in the shl he's been playing pro hockey uh and it's you know like you can you can kind of veteraniness your way through a situation Get like a little that. scrappy but <laughs> yeah where where he's figured out how to be but in open ice for a guy that is generously listed at five eight to stand him up was like bro can't can't do that yeah. you have to just run that little man over so definitely a lot to work on with him. Not that this is any surprise. Again, he's only 18. This will be his D plus one year. He can go be a totally. dominant guy in the OHL. It's not I, like. I, I joked the other day. He's going to score 45 goals in the OHL this year. Like he's, he's going to be just fine in that league. But this was definitely a good, uh, a good litmus test. And at least tonight, he looked like he should be in the OHL. Yep, I'm I'm excited to see five on five and where it goes and what happens when he gets like when they go on a power play and he gets an opportunity, um, but it, yeah, uh, yeah, we can uh, get to a couple more of these guys, but first we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get it down at the bar on tap. Highly recommend you check the bar out. It's a dope place to grab a beer, especially nowadays because you know sports are happening again and you can watch exciting denver sports down at the bar with some breck brew in your hand so check them out check out their hard seltzers from good company as well and if you need a little bit of extra beer money the ball corporation is hiring right now for their golden plant you can text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to get yourself an application they're a great company they're awesome to work with they also pay living wage they give good benefits the thing I always bring up is they will help you with training. If you have holes in your CV and you need something to help fill it out, they will help you pay for a class or training that you need to to make your resume all tip-top shape. So check them out today. Again, uh, jobs.ball.com to get yourself an application for their plant down in Golden. Uh, and then i got to tell you, we still, have, uh, we still have some diehard shirts left in abs colors. And... For for the number of y'all that that showed out to this dev camp, this game, and the ones that are are clamoring for a way to stream it and all of that stuff, even though that didn't exist, unfortunately, seems seems like the diehard shirt is right up your alley. That's all I'm saying. Check out our new vibes collection, the diehard shirt in burgundy and blue. It is uh it is very pretty, or so I'm told. Uh, the D line and co designed a bunch of awesome shirts if, if abs shirts aren't your thing we also have rockies broncos nuggets colors as well so just go look them up they're all dope we also have women's sizes too so we're working on getting more shirts with women's sizes keep your eyes peeled for for that uh, as well all right second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook ruto aj evan coming at you uh rounding out some of the other forwards uh Alex Bocage had a had an interesting game. I thought he started really, really slowly, did not look great for long, but then the last six, seven minutes of the game, they started feeding him pucks, and it was just tee-off time for that guy. <laughs> so when they got the extra attacker, uh, they essentially set up a power, what will be a power play unit in yep. Loveland. Arizona. Yeah, Loveland, too. Yeah. Um, with so it was Baron, Ranta, Bocage, Foodie, and I'm missing one. I don't even know who was it. Might have been Wingerly that was I out there too. Probably Wingerly. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair assumption. Um, I just yeah, as the fifth guy, and they were running that play where uh, Foodie was out high on the far side, and they had uh, Baron on the left side up high in the zone with the puck, and he would give it 
he would move it down along the wall to Bocage and Bocage would move it back to Baron. And then he'd move it across to Foodie and Foodie would step into op- the open space of the ice and then whip it cross ice to Bocage. The first time they did it, Bocage hit the post um, yeah. as he, cause he took a second to gather the puck in and tried to pick a spot and he rang one off the post. And then the next time they ran it, both Foodie and Bocage sped it up where Foodie, instead of, catching the puck, taking two steps in. pass across. He just one-touched it. Perfect pass on the ice across and and Bocage one time to end. Like, Trent Miner did not stand a chance on that. Had no hope on that one. Did not stand a chance on that at all. So, uh, he he just couldn't get across quickly enough and then Bocage hammered it home. Yep. Boy can shoot. Yeah. I mean, it it was a great example of what several of those guys do at a high level. His uh, first first period, his skating looked rough mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, you could kind of see in the second, you know, the, the shot is what's going to get him some chances here. And it, I mean, it's telling that that's, that they set up the play specifically for him to wire that thing home and, it worked. Yeah, Miner wasn't even close. I think he no. was still on the other side of the net yeah, that, when it went it, in. The, the the goal. It wasn't like it was a in an incredible like, you know, top shelf. He couldn't even was not even remote. Like it's pretty middle of the net. It was honest. pretty middle yeah. of the net. It was just that it all happened so quickly that Miner, even even having read it decently, you know, and Miner's not very big. So he's got to get over there lightning fan. That was it was just too quick for yeah, him. Between the pace of that pass and the strength of Bocage's shot. It's yeah. just that's a lot to ask, that. man. Yeah. Uh so uh, a little bit of the, the cut below guys there. Um I'm curious uh, kind of where where you think some of the some of the dudes we think in the tier above are, are at there. You have Baron, who I thought was solid, but it it was a game for me for Baron where it was a lot of flash, but not quite consistent enough. You would see a good shift out of him defensively. You would see him flash a little bit of offense, and then there'd be a shift where he, you know, he kind of takes it off a little bit, or he gets beat in a corner battle or something. I didn't really see much from the defensive end from Baron. Uh, all the things that I really remember about Baron came with the puck. Okay. You know, where he dipped down low, uh, carried the puck through early on in the game and had the cross ice uh, feed that that did not end up. And then Mutala biffing the cross ice feed to him on the back door. That would have been an easy tap in goal. And, uh, you know, him had to, had to, he was, he had jumped up into the play and he was going to have a breakaway had he gotten a better feed from who I don't remember who, but it was just a quick touch and it was just, it was too far ahead of him and sailed by. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of that, like good instincts though, he would have had a breakaway with a, with a better pass and all of that's offense. All of that was him creating and generating. And he finished with an assist on the, uh, the game tying goal. Although he didn't, I mean, he didn't do anything. It's the classic secondary assist for the defenseman who just moves the puck to, to a guy who does something. Um, I really didn't notice him defensively. I didn't see a whole lot there. I think he hit the crossbar in the second period, too. He wired one. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about him defensively is that through this dev camp, and there's a moment in the game tonight where he's shown a little bit of a nastiness. He's like the one guy who's – and I I haven't watched him a lot in juniors, really, so I don't know if that's part of his game, but it's some – He's a, he's a big guy. He looks really big out there compared to yeah. everyone else. So it's it's nice to see him show a little bit of a nasty side. Whatever whatever he's listed at feels small. Yeah. Just based on what he looks like out there. Um I don't know if we will be streaming the games of the DNVR bar that's a little bit complicated cuz we'd have to hook up streaming a stream. Yeah, yeah. to to the TV. So I'm not going to make any promises there uh, on that one. I, I would expect, just given that it's the weekend and that there are buffs yeah, and Broncos, football games yeah. and the Broncos, it would be unlikely. So maybe watch that one from home. But yeah, stream because it's streamed on the team's website. Yeah, everyone can get it from the Colorado Avalanche website. So 
and the website of the opposing team if for whatever reason that's what you want problematic either way we'll we'll get it done for you uh moving on through i want to get to this conversation because i know evan's going to bring something a little bit different to the sampo ranta conversation look aj is trying to be the reasonable one i'm off the rails hype mode let's go evan give me the counter argument here uh, well, it's, I mean, it's tough when he scores a goal like he did tonight, which granted, I think Wingerly did 95% of the yeah, work. Yeah. Ranta, but... Ranta in open ice with nobody in front of him <laughs> and with the puck, and he makes a great move on Anand and it beats him. And it's like, it was a great move. It was a great goal, especially but, in light of nobody else scoring on the penalty shots that, that took place. But that's but, still I mean, bread and butter right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, that, that play was notable because Wingerly. Did did the work there? Absolutely yeah. torched Alausen, basically. Yeah. yeah. The, the one thing I'll say about him is that when I watch him play, um, I and now I mean, obviously this guy's on the team and he's turned out to be a pretty good find. But when I watch him play offensively, I get major Natushkin vibes, where he can manhandle these young guys. Like I, I remember when Nachushkin was coming into the league and everyone's like, this guy is going to just absolutely torch everyone. Cause he would just fly around everybody and power to the net and nobody could stop him. And that's kind of what I'm seeing from Ranta is that that's, that's his thing is that he powers through everybody. Now I will say, I do think he has a better shot than Nachushkin. And that's something that he uses and we've already seen it a lot in camp, so that's really the one thing I would say. But um, if nothing else, I think the biggest thing for a guy like him is that he realizes that he is bigger and stronger than everybody, and he uses it. So calling a guy that he reminds me of Nachushkin right now, and he's a third-round pick, is like, you know, it's that's not putting the guy down, really. It's no. That'd be a, a great find in the third round. It, it's one of those interesting things because you you saw it in the four on four tonight a lot. In the offensive zone with the puck on his skit on his stick, it's great that he's capable of of holding onto the puck and skating laps in the offensive zone. It's great that he has that ability, but especially once you get into the pro level, you find it a lot harder for doing stuff like that to be effective unless you're, you know, a unbelievably good player like a McKinnon can do that somewhat consistently. But for someone like Ranta, I do want to see a little bit more consistently distributing the puck effectively in the offensive zone, because he's not just going to be able to, to power by everyone, as you were saying, once he's going up against full grown men. So we'll see on that, but his skating is amazing. I love to watch him just, skater circles around dudes in the offensive zone. His power is certainly good enough for something like this. Hey, 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 hey. Keep the Everberg slander out of here. <laughs> he, he used his skating to get back too, I think, at times in this game, so that was nice to see. Still, I felt like there were a couple of times where there was some crosswire, some confusion on some breakouts with some of his defensemen. How much of that is they've known each other for two days how much is that is you know it, it's something to keep an eye on with ranta we know how how well does he actually think the game actively we'll see so yeah. fair There's, enough it, it's uh you can only at young these small 18 19 year olds you can flex and bust out of anything and then yeah. we'll see how he doesn't camp against the big guys but um yeah, he, he is a really good skater for a guy that big. And that's, that's a lot like Nachushkin. That's what I guess that's the vibes I'm getting. All right. Let's I mean right now, right now he would be the exact opposite of Nachushkin. Yeah. Where he's the all inverse. offense and no defense. Yeah. And Nachushkin is all defense, no offense. <laughs> same body type, a bit of same style, but yeah. The other side of the rink. Um Okay. Let's also, I want to talk about Wingerly in this segment as well. Do you think he's an NHLer right now, today? Snap decision. Obviously, you've only seen him against kids, but he had the very nice play to set up Ranto's goal. He had a great shootout goal, the only guy to score on minor in the shootout. Uh, 
and and overall, you you saw him working on the forecheck, doing doing a lot of those things that you know a coach is going to see and like. It's no. yeah, it's I, I it's hard to say. I will say he's caught my eye. I kind of forgot about him two weeks ago, and then seeing him this weekend, he's caught my eye, and now I'm intrigued to see how he looks against these NHL guys, but. Um, if, if he is going to be like, he, he's got a little nastiness to his game. So that might, you know, give him a chance in camp. So we'll see. I'm not going to say he's an NHL guy right now though. I had, I, I still have some significant concerns in the defensive zone. A couple of shifts where he was, he was defending new hook and granted, yes, it's Alex new hook, but. Newhook spun off him and created space off him pretty darn easily a couple of times where it's like... Yeah, like he's going to be physically overmatched. Of course. Um, even more so in the NHL, and it's going to be every shift. Yep. Um, but that's he should be comfortable with that reality, though. That's yep. been his whole pro life. He's never been big. So it's not it's not like he's had to make some adjustment to being the little guy, right? Yeah. Um, I would... I think he's com- he's comfortable in his own skin, but it, is he in the, I is he in the NHL or no? I I would say could be one of the depth guys. Obviously, have to see what he does against that competition. But uh, just based on what we've seen this week, and it's it sucks because like the role that he's going to play is going to be limited fourth line, go four check. Of course, you know, get on the PK, block a shot, do the little things, get get dirty, and this is not the week for that. But uh, from what we've seen, you know, he's he's a really smooth skater. He's got a snappy little shot whenever he wants to. Uh, he's not lacking skill, that's for sure. But it's not. He's I I don't think he's an NHL player. All right, just based on what we saw this week. Uh, Cole in the chat wants to hear our Clermont thoughts. We'll get that in real quick. Uh, he was there. Yep. Yeah, he flubbed a lot of pucks today. He, it, uh, AJ and I were talking. It's the most Nate Clerman thing where he had a ton of errant passes in the offensive zone, and then out of nowhere, he creates a break almost single handedly. Yeah, he has that little. He had that little give and go sequence in the offense where he dumped it down and then cut to the middle and yep. um, just put it wide. And you know, it, I like the instincts. Defensively, he had some good stick work. Um, with them, with them not really bodying guys up, what he's what one of the aspects of his game that he's going to bring to the table didn't really get to be seen. At least he was, he was okay. I, for the rookie tournament, him and uh, him and Diastas looked like it could be a fun little shutdown pair there. I really liked his defense, Diastas. Yeah. He was really that was really quite. Uh, it was it was interesting because I liked him in some of the drills that I saw. But I didn't like his feet, and then we saw him when he got hemmed into his own zone. He's really good along the wall. He's really good behind the net. Um, he mucks and grinds really well. Looks looks like he's very comfortable in that kind of environment. Um, I don't think he's got any puck skill at all. Yeah, so that's a that's a problem. We're talking about in the realm of this rookie tournament and nowhere beyond in that case. Yep. He could be a he could be a decent. Uh, I think Diaz says he could be a decent uh, AHL depth guy. I like him a lot more than Miles Gendron. That's for sure. Rough day for him, uh, bro. If you're in a two on one, and Alex Newhook is the other guy, if Alex yeah. Newhook and you have the puck and you sh- you sail that thing two feet wide and it rims out and it creates a break the other way, shouldn't get to play the rest of the game. I mean that's that's a failure on every level. It's just yep. dumb. It's just dumb. All right. Well, don't be a failure on every level when it comes to betting on sports. Use DraftKings Sportsbook. If you slacked, we told you to get the offer for week one to get your one dollar bet in to get two hundred dollars in free bets. DraftKings is being generous. They're giving you another week. Bet on any week. Two football game is a new account. One dollar. Just have to bet one dollar, and they will give you two hundred dollars in free bets, no matter what. You don't have to win. You don't even have to wait for the end of the week. Just make the bet, and they will give you two hundred dollars in free bets on the spot. So jump on it. Use the code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get this 
free $200 in bets. I guess you have to you have to bet a dollar, so it's not technically free, but it's basically free. You have to bet the $1 to pick them up. DraftKings is a super safe and reliable and secure website make it, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You can also download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the DNVR code to get that $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, they are an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only other terms restrictions and conditions apply see draftkings.com slash boards book for details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 when you win a bunch of money on DraftKings, go buy yourself some meat from hassle cattle company you can go to hasslecattlecompany.com to place your order if you want to try before you buy we got the wagyu burger from hassle down at the dnbr bar everyone seems to love it and always tells me it's delicious so Go eat it and love it, and then go buy some more from HassleCattleCompany.com. Use code DNBR10 online with Hassle to get 10% off your purchase. If you want to do a group order or something, you spend $200 or more, get all of their amazing steaks, you can get free shipping as well. Need to need to psych yourself up for that? You think that's a lot of meat? Maybe you just need the munchies? Hit up Solace Meds. Solace has all sorts of offers for you in store, ranging from 15 to 25% off on select products. You can also check out online at solacemeds.com. Schedule a pickup, get 20% off when you use code DNVR20. They have four locations in Colorado. So even if you're up in Northern Colorado by Fort Collins, they got a location for you. Check them out. Get yourself the good cannabis that you need. And if you go to the Wheat Ridge location, they will also give you a free king cone with any in-store purchase. So, yeah, that uh, that about covers it. That should be everything you need. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Of the big names, we still have Foodie and Bowers to talk about, gentlemen. I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Who, who do you want to go with? Uh, I mean, I can go with either one of them. I think we can start with Foodie just because you said his name first, and that's how my brain works. Sold. <laughs> I, there's a lot to like. He's fantastic skater. Um, it's got to be the number. Like, the fact that he's wearing 93 has just given me Zabanajad Ad vibes. Like, the way he plays and he's big. <laughs> he, uses, he uses, like, a super long stick, too. Um, oh, Lord. What? <laughs> That's Go not ahead. my brain. <laughs> but, no, I, I really like the guy. And I am – you guys are all about him going to the AHL. And I'm like, well – offensively what's going to be best for him to develop i guess i is it playing more in, in juniors or i think he'd be in the because he'd be on the top line in the ohl he'd be on the top power play and all that and right now he's probably slated for 3c again in in loveland so it's a fair argument yeah that's really my only question about his development because um i i do think it what we saw uh, he, he looked more pro ready than some of these guys that yeah, I mean, he he plays a very pro style game for what I could see. Um, so I'm I'm pretty impressed considering his age and kind of where he was taken and everything like that. He he's yeah, pretty strong player. Yep, I I think I would prefer him in the AHL. I think he'll be just fine. Like, I'm I'd be a little concerned if he goes back to the OHL that that dude's just gonna step on the gas and blow kids out every shift with his speed instead of you know, focusing on finding other ways to be effective like he can in the AHL a little bit. Downside is that playing 12 minutes a night in the AHL. Reduced opportunity for sure. And playing and playing a really, really, really pass heavy style only. Yep. um, Because he knows he can be successful doing that and, and doesn't ever have to like work and develop that shot. Um, I, he could, each, each, like there are pros and cons to, to, to each of those. Um, when you make when you like make that argument for yeah. oh he's going to go in the OHL well, he can just out skate OHL, kids you tell him in to the pull the AHL on every shot though yeah you know in the AHL he's just he's he's going to lean too heavily on line mates because he's not he knows that he's not going to be able to get away with um, his shot being what it is right now yeah that's also fair not going to argue against it so uh, foodie's exciting. Uh, 
I think part of what makes Foodie exciting is the fact that he's only 19, right? Like you're not you're not in any hurry to get this kid to the NHL or anything. You know he has a couple more years of of development, whether it be the OHL or AHL this year, to go. And for him to look as good as he does already is exciting. Yeah, um, I really liked what I saw. It a lot of transition, a lot of carrying it out. There was that one time where he like circled back, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And then he just skated right by that guy, and it was like, "Okay, yep, there you go. That's much better." Um, the playmaking and the creativity and the passing, though, it's so good already. Um, honestly, when he fills out. He gets a little bit of strength on him because he's pretty wiry. Uh, and his skating, his skating did not look great in drills. And then you watch him in open yeah, ice, and, and the and guy just he takes flight, and you're like, yep. okay, well, I, he used it effectively too. I thought he was one of the better players as far as positional play. He he can rotate back when a defenseman pinch, pinches in. He'll there were a couple of plays where he was the last man back of the four guys out on on Team White, so he puts it to good use even when he doesn't have the puck. Well, and when he, <clears throat> he tries to play so high up in the offensive zone um, on a regular basis. And he understands if I do this, like I'm in the defenseman pinches, I've got to steer the guy who's, yeah. and we saw him consistently. Cause it was, it was something I want. I was paying close attention to was when he was doing that, when he was, they were switching and rotating I was keeping a close eye on how does he handle this defensively. And he was he was doing the right thing. He was keeping himself in position to get yep. back, help defensively, and make sure that he does not hang his line out the dry. It's all, all of it's very it's just really high hockey IQ all over the ice. Everything that he's doing, it's just he's reading the ice at a high level. Uh it's just it's just really smart hockey. And when you combine it with his uh with with the playmaking and the skating, it's I don't I don't know that I would agree with you that he's a couple years away. I would I say think, that I think he's two years away. Still. I I would say that because of where the abs are, they can afford to give him another two full seasons and not really think about it. Sure, but I think I think by the start of next season, he's probably going to be tempting. Well, as a as a depth, especially I, if he stays at center, and if he could start to if, if if he plays three C with the Eagles this year, and he really starts to develop a defensive game. I mean, you threw out Phil Deneau to me today. Yeah, well, I and, said without the defensive ability, right? But, but I mean, stylistically, yeah. I would say I would say that's a really that would be a really smart development track for the Abs is try and get him go pull him aside and say, hey, we want you to be this guy. Yeah, and if they could get him to really commit to a to an excellent defensive game, yeah, and he turns into that kind of shutdown guy for them, it would be huge because his style, like it's nothing against Tyson Jost, but his style of play surely fits their identity yeah, a, a whole, whole lot, lot better, better than what yep. Jost does. Yep, definitely does. As you mentioned, the Avs have the luxury of him only being 19, and they don't need to rush him. Uh, unfortunately, on the other side of that coin is Shane Bowers, who it feels like is out of time. It's now or never. Yeah, yeah. And I asked Billington about him, and he gave the old standard: nobody's ready. Not everyone is ready to play right away. Some guys take time, and. Nothing I've seen this weekend makes me like changes my mind of like why the hell did have we not seen this guy play at least one game? Like AJ we watched Liam O'Brien last year, literally every day of camp, <laughs> every single day. We were every time we would talk about Bowers, it was like, I don't get it, don't understand, don't understand why he's not in the NHL, why he's not getting a look in the NHL. Like it's it's one thing if he got three games and he played like shit, like Cow did last year. Yep. You know, where like his little his, the, the short stints really went poorly, but he didn't even get a look. He barely got taxi squad time. I mean, he feels buried and it's it's confusing to see. He's so smart and polished, does so many things well. And yeah, like he does not dominate. He doesn't overwhelm with skill. He's not brimming with the same kind of tool set that 
certainly new hook and and even you know and Olausen and even Ranta and Foodie and Bocage, like those guys all have something on offense where you're just like, holy smokes, you can you can see where this would be successful in the NHL. Bowers just doesn't really have that thing that carries him. It's all it's all IQ. It's all try hard. He's an extension of the coaching staff on the ice. It's it he should be a coach's dream. He's so smart and he's such a hard working guy. And he's such a good skater, and he's got such good size. It makes no. It, it is the opposite of normal. The, and it it almost seems like he was that first year. You know, Bednar absolutely loved him in that first training camp. And then, yeah, that's that's happened? my hope yeah. is that he gets into a preseason game because they act, Bednar actually gets to see him in preseason again and be like, oh yeah, there we go. Now he's not a first year pro; he's a third year pro. Maybe we need to take a look at this. Um, because you guys mentioned his skating, like he blew by those guys on that chip pass by Byram. Yeah, it was straight up. I mean, just smoked those guys. Won the won the foot race, and then the guy tried to—I don't remember who it was—but he tried to hold him, and he just fought him off with one arm, and then used the other used the other arm to power through. He just blew right by all of them, and then. You know, scores on the scores on the breakaway, and you're, it's just like, dude. Yep. Just does. It was, you mentioned he's not high skill. Yeah, there's something like the two on one. I think he was trying to feed Byron back door, and he just kind of flubbed his backhand pass. Yeah. But it was just a lot of little things like resetting in the defensive zone, um, giving your teammates space, and digging pucks out of the corner like that. Every little detail is so polished with him, and that's the part where it's like. He looks like an NHLer in those those territories. But. Yeah, and it's like, look, dude, even if this guy in the NHL is just a fourth line guy, why are you dicking around with the Darren Helms of the world when you have a guy like this right here that you're developing and you're doing all this work? Like, it's this is the today and seeing him in the game is exactly why this has been frustrating to watch over the last one because this is who he is, and he's not going to dominate the AHL and put up you know, 30 points in 30 games or something. He's not going to do that. It's just, it's, it's not who he is. It's not what he's, it's not what he does well. And it's weird and frustrating that it continues to be like a thing held against him that an NHL role player is not just destroying on the scoreboard. What good did it do TJ Tynan to be a point and a half per game in the AHL? He would get to the NHL. He can't play the role that's being asked of him. He's a skilled guy, and asking to muck and grind, he couldn't do it. And it was like, okay, well, he's miscast in that role. You've got a guy that you're developing that is perfect for that role. What are we doing here? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna. I don't. I'm. I'm just really hopeful that he plays the way he did. If in he, preseason two years ago again. Yeah, if he comes out of this season without an NHL game, I, I do really think the absolute If he hasn't played an NHL game, you know, by the middle of the year, he's absolutely like the guy where you're like, okay, he's the guy who gets traded at deadline. That's the deadline's yep. prospect swap yep. they make and, or yeah. whatever. And some team will absolutely put him in their NHL lineup and the Avs will go, oops, guess we should have tried that. Yeah, and, and like... When you look at how Grimaldi has succeeded in Nashville, yep, it's like, look, they boofed. Like Jared Bednar missed that. Yep, he he missed that, and maybe he didn't think that he could get Grimaldi to that level in his system or whatever. But like Jared Bednar put that guy in games and was wrong to let him to just they just missed it. They had that guy. They traded for that guy. They targeted him. Traded for him. Watched him be that guy and then just let him walk. And we're like, oh, well, he's not, this isn't going to work out for us. And he goes into Nashville and immediately proves them wrong. And so, for all of the good that the ads pro scouting has done in recent years, you know, the Jacob McDonald find and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's not like, it's not like they haven't done a good job for the most yeah. part in finding guys. I don't want to take they, any of that away from yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've been wrong. They've been wrong before. And Grimaldi, Grimaldi was a good example of that. And it it makes me wonder if that's where we're headed with Bowers with yeah. Shane Bowers, where 
he's going to be the Ryan Graves on the prospect swap. Yep. The Avs are going to give him up and he's going to go and do, he's going to go and be successful elsewhere. And whatever they get back may or may not work out, but that guy's going to go on to have a nice solid NHL career as a depth center. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's frustrating that he hasn't gotten the look. It's frustrating that it, this feels so predictable. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's most of it. Any other uh, ATOs y'all want to talk about? Any any surprises? Anything like that? I mean, I talked to Brian Hofer throughout the week. Um, got into a game and decision making at at any speed became problematic. Yeah, hockey IQ uh, immediately jumped out and was a concern. I still like the size. I really want to see five on five because I really think in four on four, like your responsibilities are a little magnified he needs to cover significantly more ground at four yeah yeah and at at 5v5 i really want to just see him keep it simple use the size go to the net yep battle hard i want to see that i really want to see i really want to see jack o'brien um there were some moments with the puck i liked him some intriguing stuff pulling for him hoping he has a good weekend i think he's gonna see quite a bit of time that's that's who i was gonna say it's o'brien He's listed at six foot. That doesn't seem right. He's listed at one fifty four. That looked right tonight. Like he he was getting knocked off the puck, but he it shows that they like him because he was playing with Bowers most of the night in the four on four. So I think they see something there. But I the like other guy, him, yeah, he he's he's got some skill. So uh, the other guy that I kind of liked, I don't know if he's an undersized defenseman, but eighty nine Savoy, I think is probably how you say it. But yeah. I kind of liked him. He seems like a smart little player. He made a number of um, a, a number of good defensive plays. One of them on Byram. Yeah, so yeah. that's I about s- it. I did like Sword a bit too. I think he was pretty consistently solid. So some puck skill issues there, of course. Oh, but I don't think there's any man. I, I, there were a couple in the offensive zone. Maybe maybe puck skill is the wrong word. Maybe decision making is, is the the correct word with with some of the passes he's trying to thread through the zone. But um, it, either way. It should be fun. I, I I know the guy in the chat asked for biggest disappointments as well. I'm not going to take any disappointments from three days of dev camp and a four on four thing. It's just not worth. Nope. I mean, again, like we've seen guys at the like Makar was just okay at some of the stuff, right? And did it matter? Nope. You know, so it was really not a disappointment. I would say this is. This is, Maybe the, the biggest disappointment is that something's apparently wrong with Nick Henry to the point that he's yeah. not in the games. And, had no contact for the whole thing. Yeah, and then did not did not participate tonight, and I would like to see that. So I would like to see him. He's a in, he's an interesting player. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to see him magically healing over the next two days, too, to really play in the tournament. Yeah, whatever's bothering him. I don't know, man. Whatever's bothering him is... Let's go play some real games. That's what I say. Let's go yep. get to uh, the real stuff. Like I said, none of this means anything at 5 p.m. on Friday night when they start playing real hockey games. So yeah. keep your eye out for that. We're going to get out of here for the day. We are off tomorrow as AJ is making the long drive down to Arizona, but we'll be back Thursday and then post game Friday. Well, no, we'll be off Friday too. We're doing that one Saturday morning. It's a weird schedule the next couple of days, but the next yeah, time you we'll have, is Thursday. We'll have two pods on Saturday. There you go. So keep your eyes peeled. Be sure to tune in. We appreciate all y'all in the chat. Even even the late hours, there's still a bunch of you in here. So thank you. Uh, we will get out of here, and we'll talk to you all Thursday, I guess.